The year of 2020 proved to be a horrible one for most Americans as a result of the pandemic, the collapse of the stock market, the lockdowns at home, the rioting and looting, the bankruptcy of many businesses, and massive unemployment. As we enter this new year, there is an overwhelming need for hope. Stay tuned for an interview with a man who can tell you where you can find that hope and what it consists of. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My colleague Nathan Jones and I have a very special guest with us today who I know is going to be a wonderful blessing to all of you. His name is Al Gist. Al is the founder and evangelist for Maranatha Evangelistic Ministries, which is located in southwest Louisiana near DeRitter. Welcome to Lamb and Lion Ministries, brother. Thank you, Brother Dave. It's good to be here. I appreciate the invitation to come and yes, share sir, a few things always. of what's been going on. <laughs> Al, so good to have you here, sir. Thank you, Nate. Oh, wow. Well, the world's a mess. 2020 was a horrible, horrible year. People have been looking for hope. And when we talk about a horrible year, brother, I, I kind of think of you because you've had endured two, not one, but two hurricanes. Yeah. You've lost most of your speaking engagements as an evangelist. Right. And uh, then you've also survived COVID. Could you please share some of your experiences so people know how your 2020 was? Well, I guess it started with every, like it did with everyone with COVID coming in the early part of the year and the closures and people losing their jobs and having to quarantine, et cetera. And um, immediately I started getting calls from pastors canceling all of my speaking engagements. And so uh, I had some time on my hand, tried to continue on, you know, with other things. But um, then with COVID, we had uh, many other issues that came into play there. But later in the year, I did actually catch the virus myself, and I was very sick for several, several weeks. But uh, before that happened, Hurricane Laura came through mm -hmm. right, right directly over where we live. You live in southern Louisiana, right? Yeah, southwest Louisiana. Well, it came right exact, over Lake Charles, right? It's yeah, right we live house. about 30 miles north of Lake Charles, yeah. and it came right over us. Fortunately, our house only suffered minor damages, uh, but the place, our home around us, uh, just was totally destroyed. Well, didn't you get hit also by a tornado during that time? Yeah, that, we believe there was a spinoff tornado from the hurricane that came right to our, our area uh, where we live. And you could see the path that it took through the trees. It was like a giant saw that just sawed all the trees off. And just as it got into my front yard where it would hit my house, I noticed that the trees around my house only had the top 10 feet that were uh, cut off. So it lifted. So it lifted just as it got to my uh, house. And I did with the Lord all the praise <laughs> yeah. for that. Literally, with the power of that tornado, it, had it hit my home, it would have just been splinters. It would have been nothing left. But again, and on the west side where it went over, the trees on that side were undamaged. So I know that it, it, it actually lifted right as oh, it got to my wow. home. So we thank God for that. And uh, But there was a uh, second hurricane. I mean, what's I, I yeah. know one, but yeah. two, and that hadn't happened in how many years? 
Um, I don't know. It's never happened in my lifetime that I can remember, but uh, Hurricane Laura was the most destructive. That was the first one. Later on, they had so many storms, you know, remember they started using the Greek alphabet to name them. Well, this was Hurricane Delta, the the second one that came about one month later and took the exact same path. And kind of uh, got a lot of rain out that kind of kind of cleaned up on the things that Laura missed. You know, they came, <laughs> came along and destroyed it. So uh, we had so many trees down with Laura. Somebody asked about Hurricane Delta. I said, Well, we had maybe just a few trees that fell, but when you've only when you have three or four trees that fall, and you've already had a hundred oh, yeah. trees oh, yeah. that yeah, fall, you live so in the it really doesn't so it doesn't make much difference. So Laura was not as bad as, I mean, Delta was well, not as bad as Laura the, the first The bottom line week. is it was a bad year, a horrendous year for it everybody was, and for terrible. you in particular. Uh, oh, man. So uh, my question is this. We have just been inundated with uh, emails and phone calls and questions about are we in the tribulation? <laughs> we are in a tribulation, yes, but we're not in the tribulation. Why aren't we in the tribulation? Well, People there's a lot that. of things that are going to happen at the beginning of the tribulation. In fact, the singular event that actually initiates the tribulation is the the peace covenant that the Antichrist would make with Israel, yes. and that that certainly has not happened. And there are many other things. The rise of Antichrist, I believe, will happen prior to the tribulation, or he couldn't make that treaty. We haven't seen that. Uh, so there's a lot of things that the Bible tells us must happen before the tribulation. But quickly, let me say, there's not anything in the Bible that says this must happen before the rapture of the church. Yes. The Lord could come at and any time. And I think time one thing speak. we need to emphasize is that if people think things are bad now, it is nothing compared to what it's going to be like in the tribulation. Right. The Lord said in Matthew 24 that these these signs, yes. these destructive signs actually would be like labor pains. And labor pains, Brother Dave, as you know, they get more intense, they become more frequent. And so I think we're just seeing the beginning of that. What's coming is going to be far and worse. we've got to as we're speaking in this particular uh, program, we've got about 300,000 Americans who have died from uh, the pandemic. The tribulation, one half the population of the world is going to die during the first three and a half years. Nobody will have to call anybody to ask if we're in the tribulation. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's going to be awful beyond our imagination. Four billion people when you think about it. That's amazing. Well, a lot of people have hope for the future in that we might have a great spiritual revival. And one thing about tribulations, little cheese, is that they bring about spiritual renewal. Do you see prophetically that we're going to have a great spiritual revival before the Lord returns? You know, I may have a little bit different view on that, but I okay. see that the church kind of comes full circle from the first century church. Now think about the first century. The church was uh, vibrant, it was growing, there were miracles being performed, but they were in the midst of a terrible time of persecution, the government was corrupt, etc., etc. And it seems to me like we're getting back to that same time as as we move towards the end of the church age, we find that uh, governments are becoming more corrupt and mm-hmm. more deceitful, and persecution against Christianity is certainly on the increase. Uh, but in local areas where people have remained true to God's word and continue to seek His face and serve Him, uh, I'm hearing stories of, of uh, you know, local 
places like that where revival is. But there's is not many current. of those. There's not many. I mean, the uh, number the number right. one question now that we receive today is: I live in so and so. Do you know of a Bible believing church yeah, anywhere yes. near me? Because they can't yes. find them. I get the same question, mm-hmm. brother Dave. Uh, there's a lot of churches, and I use that term very loosely out there, that are not really Bible believing. No uh, churches. They're teaching pop psychology. And denying the fundamentals of the faith, a social gospel, watered down gospel, uh, you know, name it, endorsing claim it abortion, and, endorsing you know, homosexual marriage, and every yeah. abomination you can think of. Because so the church, it seems to me today at large, is so much more interested in pleasing man than pleasing God. Exactly. And why is that? Well, the Bible tells us that it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. And behind these churches is the love of money, just like it is with politics and entertainment and everything else. It's all about how people uh, love money and seek after material gain rather than focusing on the fundamentals of the faith that we hear in the the Scriptures. So, we do have hope then for personal revival or small revival, just probably not church-wise revival because we're in the church of Laodicea? I don't think that the the society as a whole will see a great overwhelming revival across. We don't have any prophecies to that effect. No, we don't. Things are going to get worse. (laughs) It says there's going to be a time of great apostasy as we get towards the end. And that's what you were just referring to. The churches are falling away from the truth of God's Word. Well, you read the tribulation though and you see the the 144,000 witnesses. You've got the two witnesses, or excuse me, Jewish evangelists. You've got the two witnesses. You've got the gospel angel. Uh, All the materials that we'll be leaving behind, people looking at the rapture. And you read about all the tribes, tongues, nations, people from all over the world will turn to Jesus Christ. So, it sounds like prophetically there is a great revival of people who are left behind that come to Jesus Christ. They're not reviving, so to say, but they're giving their lives to Jesus. I think there is going to be a large harvest of souls during the tribulation. I think maybe Sadly, we Bible prophecy people, we talk about the horrors of the tribulation and we forget to talk about the harvest of the tribulation. There will be many people that come to Christ during the tribulation. Uh, In fact, um, I I think that many people who are uh, aware of what took place with the rapture of the church, uh, many of them will then uh, give their hearts to Christ. Well, Al, I know you and your wife very, very well. And I know that through all this horrendous thing, in fact, I called you one day and said, your life is beginning to sound like the life of Job in the Bible. (laughs) And and I know you all well. And I know that through all this, you have been able to maintain a very vibrant hope. And I want to know how you were able to do that. And what we're going to do is we're going to pause for a moment for a break and an announcement. And when we come back from that announcement, I want you to tell us how you have been able to maintain hope through all this. You know, in in Romans chapter 14, I believe, no, 15, and verse 13, it says, Our God is a God of hope. Yes. And I want you to talk about that when we come back. So we're going to take a break right now. And then after the announcement, we'll come back. Thanks. I'd like to take a moment to invite you to consider becoming one of the prophecy partners of this ministry. Our prophecy partners are a team of special supporters who lift us up in prayer on a regular basis and who supply us with the funds that make it possible for us to broadcast our television program. To become a prophecy partner, all you have to do is make a commitment to pray for us regularly and supply us with a donation of $25 a month or more, less than a dollar a day. In return, Dr. Reagan will send you a monthly insider letter informing you about the ministry's opportunities, challenges, and prayer needs. 
With that letter, you will receive a gift each month, like a printed copy of our bi-monthly magazine, a video teaching or booklet about some aspect of Bible prophecy, and each November, a copy of our annual Holy Land calendar for the next year. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, we hope that you will seriously consider returning that blessing, paying it forward by becoming one of our very valued Prophecy Partners. Thank you, and God bless you. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy and our interview with Al Gist about how to find hope in this dark world. Well, Al, people are looking for hope, and this was a big election year, and many people seem to have been looking for hope in politics. Can they find any hope in that? People look for hope in all sorts of things, <laughs> including politics. But politics change like the wind. And, uh, you know, if you're going to put your hope in something, it certainly needs to be something that's steadfast, something that's stable. Of course, the answer to that is Jesus Christ. He is our hope. But yes, people have put their hope in politics. And this election, if it's ever been aware, uh, evident, we've certainly seen it in this, this particular election, uh, people are so adamant. And, and I'm, not, I'm not discounting the importance of what is taking place in politics in our country. But uh, that is not where our hope is. As born-again believers, our hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And He's far above all the political humbug that's Amen. going on, all the things that are taking place. And so, politics is important. I'm not saying that it's not, but people need to put their faith in Christ. The politics are going to be what they're going to be. But our relationship and what the Lord has planned for us in our future is unchanging. We, we okay, have that That raises a major issue, Al, and that is, you know, I read a verse right before the break, uh, and it said that God, our God is a God of hope. And you said, put your hope in Jesus. But what do you say to the non-believer who says, now you tell me to put my hope in God, put my hope in Jesus, and yet God allows this pandemic, He allows this horrible hurricane, He allows this tornado, He allows COVID to, to you know, put you in the bed for two weeks. How can you put your hope in a God who allows all that to come into your life? Well, God never makes the promise to us that He's not going to allow bad things, hardships, tribulations to come. Things are going to happen in life, in our individual lives that take us down, so to speak. Certainly across a nation like ours, we've seen a lot of things happen this year that have been very difficult to deal with. God never promises us to remove all of that. What He does promise is that He would never leave us nor forsake us. And that with His strength and His encouragement and His provision for us, we can, we can handle anything. We can go through things. And Brother Dave, I have personally experienced that this year. I mean, we've we've gone through COVID, we've gone through hurricanes, two hurricanes that that just wreaked uh, great destruction and devastation around us, and all around our our city and our area. Um, and then on top of all of that, I, I got the COVID virus, COVID virus, and you know, um, it would have been real easy to get depressed. I'll tell you that. What we got was tired. We sure. got tired sure. because we were doing cleanup work and I felt bad and you know all of that. But we never lost that hope that we had in Christ. And my wife, bless her heart, 
she is so full of the Lord, she just continually says, you know, we're going to get through it. We're, God is with us. We will get through it. And that's the key. God's not going to remove all the hard stuff. He will help you to go through it. I think of the story of the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah, yeah. God didn't save them from the fire. He saved them through the fire. And that's His promise. And we can have hope in that. Well, I find the Bible a place of hope because God says that He is the source of hope. Look at Romans 15, 13, for instance. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's just one of many verses, right? Yeah, yeah. In fact, I started looking through the Psalms and looking at the encouragement that I could find oh, yes. in the book of Psalms. And one that really jumped off the page sort of for me was Psalm 31, 24. And it says, Be of good courage, and He shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. And if we put our hope in Him, yep. then He will encourage us and carry us through. Paul wrote in uh, Philippians 4, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. He was in a dank, dark prison at that time, and they didn't have color TVs and air conditioning and all the stuff prisons have today. And yet he's saying, Rejoice! Rejoice the Lord always. He said, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Wow. The unbeliever finds that hard to believe. It, it, it does. They do, I should say. And you're absolutely right. Jeremiah said this in Jeremiah 17, 7. He said, Blessed, blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. The man who has his hope in the Lord, that's the man who is blessed. And oh, wow. I know the world can't see it. It's almost like they have some kind of spiritual blinders that no matter what you say, they can't seem to, to come to grips with the idea that God can be such a tremendous help to you in a time of, of tribulation. All we can do is be that, that witness that that's the way God is and that's the way He works. It's His character to take care of His people and provide for us. If you don't have that kind of hope, you look for it in other places and you don't find it in other places. And the result has been during this pandemic a great increase in suicide. Yeah, and Especially when you Japan. don't find it, that just adds to your depression. Yeah, you yeah. feel like there is no such thing as hope. Do you have another point there, Nathan? Well, I like Nahum 1-7. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the yeah. day of trouble, and He knows those who trust in Him. I think of the medieval time periods where there used to be a castle, and the serfdom would live outside the castle, and when the invading armies would come, the serfdom would run to the castle and hide behind the walls and be protected by the Lord. And that's kind of the vision that Nahum has given here, is that, that when the troubles of life come barraging and coming down on you, you get behind the Lord's protective walls. He's your stronghold. He is our shield and defender for sure. Um, the, the enemy, and we have a very real enemy, guys. We have an enemy that is, and I'm not talking about foreign countries or anything <laughs> right. like that or terrorism. I'm talking about the enemy who is Satan. And he wants to destroy everything that is of God. Uh, he wants to destroy the churches. He wants to destroy us as individual Christians. But the, the promise that we have from the Lord is that He is our shield and He is our protector. He will provide for us. You know, I don't even know if I should say this, but you would think with all that's happened to us, we would suffer financially very badly. Yeah. 
I want you guys to know, and I want our viewers to know, that we have done very well financially through all Praise of this. And I'm going to tell you how, because many of God's people came to our aid. Now, see, if you don't have the Lord working in the hearts <laughs> of His go. people to come to you, then, then you wouldn't have that. But I had that, and we had that. And didn't you even have, like, the Mississippi Baptist Association send crews in to work yeah, on your property? Yeah, just like on day two or three after the hurricane, uh, the, the Mississippi Baptist Association, one of the associations, came over with ten men with chainsaws, and they started cleaning the place up. Praise and, and then our son, son-in-law's church sent people over also. And so we had a lot of Christians that came to our aid uh, to clean our place. We had people who, who, you know, believers who came to our financial aid and helped to support us and get us through this. Um, all of that, you know, comes from the goodness of the, the, the hearts of these people. But Ultimately, it comes from God Himself. It's God leading them to do those things sure. that provides for us. Yes, He motivates them. He does. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, during my wife's nine years of dementia, where she was just spiraling down into a darkness, I would uh, feed her every evening and uh, read a scripture to her. Every day I read the same scripture to her. Now, I read other scriptures as well, but I always ended with this one, Romans 8, verse 18. The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is yet to be revealed to us. Amen. In fact, I put that scripture on her uh, marker, her head marker at the tomb. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I believe that with all my heart. That's talking about hope in the future. Now, what, what is that talking about when it says it, uh, the sufferings of this time are not worthy to be compared with? Have we got any indication of what that glory is that's going to be revealed to us? Brother Dave, my whole ministry, and essentially your ministry yes. and Nathan's ministry, is to look at the prophetic Word of God that gives us that blessed hope of what's coming. I mean, God is here and today. He's here now. He gets us through the things of this life. But what He has in store for us in the future so far supersedes anything that this mortal life has today that it, it's uncomparable. Tell us about it. Well, I believe, and I know that you do, is that the Lord Jesus is coming soon for His people. And yes. I, I see signs that tell us that we're approaching that, yes. or it could yes. literally happen at any, any moment. moment. <laughs> and so we have that tremendous promise. Titus 2 tells us about the blessed hope of the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the first Things for us as believers will totally change after that because from then on, number one, we're living in that new glorified body. Praise the Lord. Amen. My back won't hurt anymore. <laughs> about the rapture of the church. At yeah. the rapture of the church and the resurrection that, that, that will take place at that time and, I, and the changing of our body into that new glorified body. Yeah. So we have that to look forward to. But the most important thing that we have to look forward to is from then on and forever, we will be in the very literal presence of wow. Jesus Christ, Hallelujah. our Savior. That, that changes the whole everything. picture. That changes everything. <laughs> and of course, we have the, the glories of heaven to enjoy. We can't even imagine it. The Bible tells us that the eyes have not seen, nor yeah. ear heard, or the heart. We, we can't imagine what 
God has prepared and for us. And even before that, we're going to reign with the Lord Jesus Christ yes. in the millennium. And then we have a thousand year reign where the Lord is going to allow us to participate in His government and, and actually we'll see rule this over earth this. Flooded with peace, righteousness, and justice. It'll be a time unlike anything else in all of history, and we will be. Major participants reigning with the Lord in it. And the There's tragedy so is much. that in, in most of the churches in this nation today, there is silence in the pulpit concerning Bible prophecy, and people really don't sad. know what the promises are, and they have very little hope as a result of that. And here's here's where we literally this you look at it. This is the bottom line. This is this is the essence of what our hope is built upon: yeah. is that eternal future that we have with the Lord. Uh, in this life, in this mortal life, bad stuff happens. It just happens to everybody, Christians and non-Christians. We live in a fallen world. Yep. But in that coming life, in the presence of the Lord, things like that will be gone. There will be no more. And I'm talking about the eternal future that we have with the Lord. Uh, there will be no more crying and no more tears and no more death and, and heartache and pain that we suffer in this life. Uh, what a tremendous thing to look forward to and to have hope in. Uh, it keeps you going. It really keeps you going to know that uh, this is not the end. Paul said, if, if this is all that we had, we would of all men be most miserable. <laughs> this <laughs> would be the very, this would be terrible if That's this right. is all we had to, yeah, to look yeah. forward to. I love that prophetic perspective because when you see Bible prophecy, you get the big 30,000 foot view the way God sees it. Yeah. And you realize that the sufferings that we endure now yeah. are like this. And then when you think that we only live maybe up to 100 years or so, but we're going to live thousands and ten thousands and millions, there you go. this part gets smaller and smaller and it fades away. Yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely. I, I used to get very, very upset about the political world. And in fact, my wife said I could have my own reality program by <laughs> just putting a camera on me watching the evening news and shout, I don't do that anymore. I'd remind myself of Psalm 2 which says that while all the politicians are conspiring against God and His anointed one, God sits in the heavens and laughs. Not because He doesn't care, but because He has it all under control. He has the wisdom and the power to orchestrate all the evil of Satan and mankind to the triumph of Jesus Christ. And that gives me hope. Amen. Well, Brother Al, you, you've blessed me, you've given me hope. Let folks know how they can get in touch with you so you can share that hope with them as well. Well, Nathan, probably the easiest way is simply for folks to go to our website, and you can do that by going to MaranathaEvangelisticMinistries.com. And there on our website we have all of our contact information, and you can reach us in various ways. Well, folks, that's our program for this week. I pray the Lord willing that you will be back with us again next week. Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. The third edition of Dr. Reagan's book, Trusting God, Learning to Walk by Faith, has just been published and is available for a donation of $20 or more. That includes the cost of shipping. The most common response we have received to this book over the years has been an emotional one. It had me laughing one moment and crying the next. In anecdotal form, Dr. Reagan tells a story of his wrestling match with God that led him to surrender his academic career and enter full-time ministry, dedicating his life to proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 
In the process, he explores central questions of life that confront people on a daily basis. And with each copy ordered, we will supply you with a copy of Colonel Tim Moore's new 48-page booklet titled, Looking Forward to the Reign of Jesus Christ. This booklet explains why Tim has a premillennial view of end-time prophecy and why it matters. Just ask for offer number 957. You can place your order through our website at lamblion.com or by calling the number you see on the screen Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time. Again, you can place your order through our website or by calling the number you see on the screen. Just ask for offer number 957. You can be assured that these materials will be a great blessing to you in understanding God's prophetic word. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 